The views and opinions expressed in the following episodes are those of the individuals and are not meant to insult or offend anyone. Jeez, dark and gloomy much? Are you trying to be an edgelord? Well, then how should I put it then? I don't know. How about... We come in peace. We mean no harm. We may spoil some things. We may swear a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So listener discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of Little Nerdy. I'm your host, Michelle. And I'm our co-host, Owen. Today our episode is about Chicxulub. Uh, is that a new oil company <laughs> or a new chicken fried restaurant? No. Okay, uh, what was it then? The meteor that killed the dinosaurs. Ah, the one that nearly destroyed Earth. The one under the Yucatan in Mexico. The Yucatan Peninsula? Yeah. Nice. All right, well, first, uh, let's do a big shout-out to our friend, Black White Check. Thanks for the intro and outro music. Be sure to check out all their artwork at blackwhitecheck.com. Yeah. All right, so, Chicxulub. Chicxulub. Chicxulub? Chicxulub. Okay, we're not quite sure what the exact pronunciation of it, because it is spelled, uh, let me just make sure I get check my notes here, C-H-I-C-X. U L U B. So mm-hmm. But when we looked it up the phonetic was Chicxulub. Yeah. So that's what we're going with because if there's anything anyone who knows me about knows about me. <laughs> I am an eighties child and hooked on phonics was a thing back then. Yeah. So Okay. Okay. So let's start off with now. A lot of people might be familiar with a movie uh, by a director uh, known as Steven Spielberg, I believe, uh, who did the Jurassic Park movies. Yeah. It wasn't Jurassic Park. Yeah. yeah, it was Steven Spielberg. It was Steven Spielberg did some of them, but they were based on Mike, Michael Critton's books. Yes. Yeah. But uh, funny little thing about that, it actually should have been called um, Cretaceous Park. Mm-hmm. However... That just didn't have the same ring as Jurassic. It just, something about that J, the J in Jurassic Park, has a real strong predator feel. Where well, Cretaceous sounds more of like a, veg, a very lush jungle garden type thing. Well, why should it have been Cretaceous versus Jurassic? Like, what makes the, what's the difference? Well, for about uh, uh, 165 million years of the dinosaurs uh, being the dominant species of the planet mm-hmm. that was what uh, the scientists called uh, i believe well anyways i'm pretty sure the, for the majority of that it was the cretaceous period cretaceous period and so it's like yeah for even if you said it was a third of that so you know about say 50 something million like 55 million years that's a long time for one species to roam a planet and rule it I mean, that's true, but weren't there different... Like, there were dinosaurs in the different periods, right? Yeah, but they became the biggest and most prevalent of what we know today was during the Cretaceous period. So, like, the, the T-Rex, that was Cretaceous? Yes. Uh, Stegosaurus? 
Uh, yeah, more like the Triceratops and all that stuff. It was like they were most predominantly around because they were the big giants that walked the earth and just did not give a fuck who was around because they were the bosses. Well, so who was in the Jurassic and Jurassic and the like ancestors that were smaller, still evolving, still Ah. adapting, and everything like they weren't as uh, large and in charge as they were back in the Jurassic period, but they still were dinosaurs. It's just they weren't what we've seen in the movies and video games and everything. Mm-hmm. And even nowadays, like, they're still making discoveries and being like, oh, well, they, like, closer to the end of the Cretaceous period, they probably looked more bird-like and probably had feathers and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of differences and a lot of different things that happened. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay, so just that little detail about the Jurassic Park movie, which is, like, it's more of a... It was a good choice for the sake of, like, name recognition... But it wasn't scientifically accurate. I wonder if you made that joke when we did the Jurassic Park episode. You know, honestly, I cannot remember. I can't remember either. I, I think it's a good joke either. Way. I don't think. Well, yeah, I call it a joke. I was just saying it's like it's more of like it's just an inaccuracy, an observation. Yeah, yeah, not not a criticism because I mean they were good movies and everything. Like you know, love them, love them all, despite whatever some people might say about certain ones. But yeah. I liked them. Yeah, they're good. All right, so mm-hmm. let's talk about. Why we're doing this episode about dinosaurs or the Chicxulub. Chicxulub? Chicxulub. Chickadoo, uh, chicken fried rice? No. <laughs> Although yummy, no. <laughs> okay. okay, so we had a little venture out to a place called Drumheller. Yes. Which anybody who uh, is aware of has the, what was it, Tyrell Royal Museum? Was it? The uh, the Royal Tyrell. Oh, Tyrell. Museum. My apologies. Uh, uh, I, there's more to the name of it, though. But, yeah, just hang on a quick second. Keep going. We usually always just, like, end up calling it the... Well, we call it Drumheller normally. And stuff. Yeah, the Royal Tyrell Museum. But I thought it was, like, a paleontology and yada yada. <laughs> I, anyway. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah. Around our parts, we usually just, like, if someone says they're going to Drumheller, it usually means they're going to the World Terrell Museum. Um, or if they say the Terrell Museum, right? Yeah. Or, like, Tyrell, right? Like, it's called Tyrell a lot, but... Um, Technically, it's Terrell, but, yeah. I just couldn't remember off the top of my head how exactly it was spelled, and I was like, it's either Terrell or Tyrell, and I was like, was it named after a person named Tyrell? Sometimes, you know, places and, like, you know, big things are named after We're, people. like, saying the same thing. We're just putting a different emphasis on the letter. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. <laughs> I, I just thought it was, like, somebody's name, Tyrell. Yeah, it was Terrell. named... Either way. I'm just... Yeah, but I'm... Uh, okay, anyways, moving on. I don't understand what's happening. I'm so confused right now. I know. Okay, so we just paused for a second because we were so super confused. Yeah, just a little confusion here. So, anyway, what I was saying is that the whole... My point of Tyrell, and as you were saying, Tyrell, is that, because the Y is right after the T, and it's T-Y-R-R-E-L-L. Tyrell. And, um, yeah, I was like, because I was going with, because the Y is in that weird spot, it's Tyrell, because it makes an I sound, whereas the way you're saying it, it almost sounds like an E. I've heard it as said both both ways. Okay. And well, I've lived here my whole life. But the, the person that <laughs> that museum... Idea. So say, oh, bye. <laughs> Anyways, 
The reason why I just bring that up is because Explorer Joseph Burr Tyrell, Tyrell, uh, he was apparently the uh, one who discovered the dinosaur remains near the present museum site in 1884. Mm-hmm. And then it got its royal distinction in 1990. Uh, oh, okay. Now I'm going off memory from when we were there. Um, 1994, I believe, uh... is when Queen Elizabeth II of England who is also our monarch, um, gave it its royal distinction. Yeah, just doing a quick look, uh, Wikipedia <laughs> lookup and everything, just trying to find out when it became the royal museum. And so far, I'm just getting a lot of specs on like the uh, how big the place was. Okay, uh, it opened on September 25th, 1985. Um uh, uh, and was given the royal status by Queen Elizabeth in 1990. Oh, good thing you fact-checked me. I was four years off. Yes, 1990. I mean, it was still the 90s, and I mean, you know, but, it, like, you know, you still at least got the right uh, part, the part right about Queen Elizabeth II making it royal. I mean, true. I don't know who else would make it royal, but I don't you either. got it right. I did. Okay, so moving on from that little point. There. Yeah, so we went to Drumheller. Yes. Or Terrell, or... Tyrell or whatever we went there. We just yeah, most people just usually call it the Drumheller Museum, but you know it's it's the uh, uh, Tyrell Royal Museum. Yeah, Royal Tyrell Museum or Royal Tyrell. Thank you. Uh, so we went there, and what was one of the first? What what's wrong? Nothing. I'm just laughing at us. The, our listeners have probably tuned out by now. They're like, "Fuck you and your fucking Tyrell and Tyrell." <laughs> Uh, you know, this is the debates we have and, you know, the, you know, the little, like, These are ribbing. the, I mean, yeah, and it's the real way we talk. <laughs> yeah, this is, like, We've... pure, uncut, you know, the raw, little nerdy experience that, you know, we thought uh, people would really like to enjoy to hear because it's just us bickering about little <laughs> things like this. Yeah. So, okay, when we went there, what was one of the first things you recall or, like, the first thing that kind of, like, really, like, had you gobsmacked or awestruck? Um, Is gobsmacked even the right way of saying it? Yep. You can say gobsmacked. Um, man. It was just going in and starting to see the fossils themselves. Right. Yeah. Like, it was cool because on the way to the museum through the town, they have, like, dinosaurs <laughs> everywhere. Oh, yeah. And stuff, but... Yeah, it was it was definitely the uh um use your words. The fossils. There you go. Ah, brain fart. <laughs> uh yeah. So anyway, um it was definitely the fossils and it's very interesting to think that something that big was just like roaming around the earth and on all of a sudden this like like meteor Comes, and it's just like, bye Felicia, <laughs> to 70% of life. Yeah, that's uh, that's another little detail that I just want to quickly touch on, is that when it showed uh, some of the extinction events that happened, like, because I think there's been like a total of four, maybe five mass extinction events on Earth. Mm -hmm. The creation of the moon was one of them. Uh, I don't even know if life was even on Earth at that point, but yeah, like there was a lot of things that, like you know, could have ended. Or sorry, one that could, like I mean, when the moon. Yeah, yeah I could have destroyed the Earth and nothing could have lived. Yada yada. But yeah. what uh, the thing is is that uh, when it showed how much 
of life approximately died. Mm-hmm. The fact that it was saying, like, what was it? You said 70%? I, be- I believe that's what that's what the plaque said, wasn't it? Something around those numbers. Like, yeah. But every time we came across the plaques that showed, like, approximately how much of, like, species went extinct because of these, you know, apocalyptic events and everything, I was actually completely surprised with the end of the dinosaurs reign and everything that it was such a low number like saying 70 even if you said 80 percent, i was thinking like 95 99 percent of all life on earth died because of that meteor hit mm-hmm. like i was expecting that kind of level of like you know death and destruction from that yeah the fact that so much survived actually absolutely shocked me yeah okay you're giving a weird look with your eyebrows and everything no like i'm confused good. Are you looking up, like, what the actual percentage is? Yeah. You gotta remember, like, it's not, like, an exact, you know, number kind of thing. Like, they're, it's more of, like, a, a very close, very well-studied and debated uh, uh, approximation. Because, like, they yeah. don't know the exact, like, how many... There was no uh, census or anything for how many T-Rexes and Triceratops and Raptors or whatever mm-hmm. existed. It's just a... They figure with how much these things would have had to eat, you know, what kind of food chains would, would have been around and everything, yada, yada. It's like, oh, so this is most likely the whole, um, what, how many and how big these species were and where they lived and yada, yada. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, so if that's the case, how many of these things went extinct kind of thing? And, you know, it's a, it's most likely the very, very accurate, you know, 75%, sorry. Okay, yeah, even 75%. Like, again, I'm, I was expecting it to be 20 to 24% higher. Yeah. Because I was thinking, like, you know, when you have dust clouds that blot out the sun or block out the sun and nothing can, you know, eat vegetable, like, you know, herbivores can't eat, carnivores' um, food supply is dwindling down because the more they eat, the less there is, and mm-hmm. yada, yada. Like, the whole food, the whole ecosystem was absolutely wrecked. Mm-hmm. And destroyed beyond most uh sustainable forms of life yeah it was just one of those things where i was like wow that's crazy mm-hmm. anyways um okay so, so yeah go ahead we watched a documentary yes uh it's a free documentary uh well yeah a free documentary on youtube called um the last day of the dinosaurs by free documentary history it's an hour and six... Well, oh. I don't know if it's by them, but that's who posted it on YouTube. Okay, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, that's who posted it on YouTube, and it was a really good watch. Talked about some of the crazy things that happened with this. Yeah. Now... Terrifying. Uh, yeah. Like, again, this is the whole, like, with how much destructive force that this meteor, like, with what they kind of figured the speed it was coming at, the size of it, uh, the angle that it must have hit at and everything. It's, like, the fact that so many things survive is... Well, I get what you're saying. It's kind of, like, crazy, right? Yeah, because, I mean, one out of every four species, uh, yeah, survived it. To me, that's a very high success survival rate for something that powerful and destructive. But you got to think what survived it. Mammals, bugs, fungus, small plants that, you know, like ferns. Yeah, things that were underwater. Oh, yeah, yeah, plus things underwater. Plus uh, birds. Uh, yes. Or flying species. I, maybe there weren't birds then, but, I mean, what evolved into 
birds. Yeah, and right. more specifically, mammals and small creatures that weren't as big as the dinosaurs that were dominating the landscapes. And they could go underground. Yes, that was the other thing. Right. So the three main things that survived this were flying, underwater, and could go underground. Yeah. Right. So, so that's about, about you. 30% or 25% of the animal population back then. Yeah. Kind of makes sense. It does. And again, that's where I was like kind of surprised because I didn't think as many things would have been had a habitat or, you know, place to survive that kind of thing. Yeah. And the other big detail about that is the whole, yeah, it was like I just didn't picture a lot of creatures having the whole underground or like, and I thought the water would have been maybe a bit more toxic because of all the, you know, debris and oh, stuff. Oh, after. Kick. Yeah, because it's like it would have sprinkled into the oceans and lakes and stuff like that and would have made the water at least somewhat toxic or very harmful to like for aquatic life to swim and live in. Yeah, well, some water became very toxic. Yes. Um, for sure. That had to do with, um, actually, the tectonic plates, right? Yeah. That's... Be- because when the meteor hit, it hit with such force. And, like, we don't want to talk word for word about what this documentary said, A, because plagiarism. And, B, if you guys want to check it out, check it out. It's super interesting. I found it to be very sad. Yeah. It made me very sad for the poor dinosaurs. Um, but one of the things that it talks about in this documentary is with the force that hit um, at a certain point, because it hit and it hit in the Yucatan Peninsula, yep, Mexico. And in this documentary, it talks about how quickly from it hitting there to... Prehistoric British Columbia. Yes. Like in the matter of like two minutes. Less than that. Well, I think, uh, like I'm pretty sure it was like saying in two minutes all the horrible stuff. Like less than, the, uh, only, only about like a minute and a half in, like the lights of like the stuff flying up from the impact site was seeable from British Columbia. Yeah, like it's it's crazy how quickly because of the force. Yeah. This move, train And stuff, but at one point throughout... Then it kind of takes you through a journey of, like, everything that would have happened on the Earth, you know, from tsunamis to, um... Uh, 11.4 er, uh, Richter scaled earthquake, yeah. which is more powerful than anything we've ever recorded in history. In Yeah. So... Or the, yeah. The crazy thing about that is, though, is that that hit was so hard it actually shifted some tectonic plates. And so then volcanoes started erupting. Yeah. But also, underwater, under like lakes or whatever, where dinosaurs were relying on like for water, right? Yeah. Um, it would like, it like shifted that tectonic plate. And then there was like gas. It created like a gas that came out from under the, out of the water. And that's how some of them died. They suspect, again, like you said, it's also speculation. Nobody was here for it so yeah there was no like recorded evidence like it's all like the remains and like they, obviously it's like not guesses or whatever they've done a lot of research into like the sediment and the fossil remains yeah. and stuff so it's not that they don't know for sure it's just it's the most likely culprit like 
It's kind of like most watching, likely scenario. Yeah, like it's the whole you see the show CSI whatever, and um, when they look at the scene, they look at the like how the bodies kind of thing is, and mm-hmm. they kind of figure out well how what happened to this person. Yeah. Well, this is the same thing just happening sixty five million years ago, figuring out what happened to these dinosaurs. Yeah. Or other life forms. Yeah. So, anyways, now let's get back to the Tyrell Museum. Okay. Uh, sorry, is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Um, just because I wanted to say that, do you remember the big gem of the, uh, well, I consider the big gem of the museum? Black Beauty? Yep. Yeah, I think we talked about I Black Beauty think... in the Jurassic Park episode, didn't we? No, I don't think we did. No. And I think because we're actually talking a little bit about this museum and everything, I think this is a good spot to kind of throw it in where it's like we're not... We kind of talked about the documentary a little bit, but now it's time to go into like the whole, hey, this is something people should go see. Like, this is a oh, great yeah. feature of that museum. Yeah. But uh, wasn't it like that the fossil remains of this T Rex was like in tar or something? No, it wasn't tar. But yeah, all the. Um, but yeah, it was in something. I You're looking it up right now to make sure we get it right. Um, or just verifying because i know it wasn't tar but it was something else but it essentially whatever this dinosaur it was a t-rex right yeah right yeah it was a t-rex yeah um whatever it had ended up dying in or around or whatever actually stained its fossils black and so yeah it's really interesting to see because like a lot of the fossils are um white or like you know off-white or whatever like bone it's like bone and then all of a sudden you see this one and it's black like jet black yeah and uh it was actually in a really cool pose too oh the death pose yeah and i mean like you see velociraptors or some other like you know uh of these creatures that are kind of bird like yeah uh, especially for you know that time period but just to see this big of a creature in the death pose was something else. Which, do you remember why they say that uh, they, most of the remains of dinosaurs like that are found in the death pose? No, because it was my manager at work that actually told me about that. So I don't remember why. Sorry, I guess I also uh, wanted to point out, uh, so I looked it up and this is just like the first thing that popped up on Google of why is... The Black Beauty T-Rex Black. And so it says here, uh, quote, The fossils of Tyrannosaurus Rex Black Beauty were, uh, were darkened by the element magnesium in the water during the fossilization, which caused the bones to turn black, end yeah. quote. So, yeah, and sorry, also one thing just wanted to point out was that the whole, we are going to get back to Chickaloob. Chickaloob. Chick-chick-a-doo. <laughs> uh, we're going to get back to that. It's just I wanted to talk about the victims because it's like one thing you uh, people should know is that about us is that we, you know, it's important to know about what happened and everything. But we, you know, think it's important to like think about, you know, the victims and everything. Yeah. I mean, you know, think what you will and everything. But I kind of think it's kind of sad to think that all dinosaurs died. You know, it's like, oh, man, it would have been so cool to have like, I mean, sure, crocodiles could be argued that they're. Yeah, like they're, aren't they way older than dinosaurs? They might be. And sharks, aren't those? Yeah, and then of course uh, we also have to talk about a certain someone 
who I'm uh, just going to have a quick little break here with you to kind of talk about. we got to make sure you're in a good space to talk about this, about one aquatic species that has not evolved in hundreds of millions of years, mm. apparently, because it's quote-unquote the perfect species. Bullshit. <laughs> okay, I'm back, guys. Uh, so, unfortunately, because... Uh, we had to bring up the awful, dreaded, nasty crab creatures that Michelle doesn't like. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to solo this for a hot second, I think, because Michelle needed to go and cuddle all of her plushy, furry little dolls and everything, er, uh, animals, and be like, no, no, crabs don't exist. They're not real. You're soft and cuddly. You don't go in water. Only bad things are in water. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. Oh, you nerd. Good. Okay, that was a complete fib, but I thought it would be funny to kind of talk about because we are about to talk about something that you do have a very powerful phobia of. Yeah, but really quick, sorry, you had asked me if I remembered why the dinosaurs were in the death pose. Yes. And I said no because of Adam, but you remember, don't you? Uh, yes, so it's actually a thing done where um, scientists have observed that birds that have drowned... Well, I mean, the fact oh, that a flying yeah. creature drowns is a kind of like a bit of a very weird thing. But anyways, they found that birds that were suffering like brain damage or uh, were getting asphyxiated or whatever, like from like drowning, that they would arch their head right straight upwards and try to breathe air. So it's kind of like a, you know, an instinctive like reaction to try to keep getting breathing in oxygen and everything. And since dinosaurs are very closely related to birds, it's, That's right, uh, it's, the theory. The, it's the most likely theory of why they died in the so-called death pose. Yeah, because we saw quite a few dinosaurs in the museum that were in that death pose. And it is. It's like they arch their back. Yeah. Right? And their tail's up behind them. Yeah. It's like and then their neck. It's almost like a U-shape, kind of. Yeah, and the really cool thing about that Black Beauty one that's in the death pose for a t-rex is that because it's so big it doesn't arch as much as like the velociraptors or some creatures but the fact that it reaches up like that it almost makes its torso and everything look like a big canoe yeah at least that's what i thought anyways Mm -hmm. i I could see that and i think it's kind of one of those things where it's like if you elongate the whole torso of your body and everything it makes it easier to expand your lungs yeah and bring in more air yeah but unfortunately when you're talking about dust and debris and all the toxic harmful stuff of the uh chicxulub's uh, devastating impact yeah it kicked up everything that it's like you know if anything it was more of like a keeping your head low to the ground or you know out of like the dust clouds and everything yeah. so being lower would have been better it was kind of a thing that was like an instinctual reflex that was like more of like causing the certain death yeah because like you said, things that could burrow or go underwater, things that could get lower survived, where things that went higher died. Yeah, and not only that, but even in valleys, like, those dinosaurs might have been safe for a while. But then if a tsunami kicked yeah. off, right? Or, or the whatever. earthquakes, yeah. Yeah. Because you got to remember, Chicxulub was, uh, they say they estimated it was about a 10-kilometer diameter um, meteor. Yeah. So... It's a pretty big piece of rock. I think, like they say, it's the size of Mount Everest. Flying in at an incredibly high velocity. Yeah. And even if it was at a 30-degree-ish angle, so it's like it was a very like a shallow impact kind of thing. It wasn't like a straight downwards one. Uh-huh. It still hit the earth with a tremendous amount of force. Yeah. I think uh, on that documentary, they were saying that it hit with the force of every nuclear weapon going off 
all at once. Wow. So that's the show. How And it, this was just solid rock and ice and whatever that just came through the atmosphere. It's terrifying. Yeah, something like it crossed the ocean or whatever it was in the matter of like four seconds. Like yeah. That's how fast it was going. Yeah, it, it's insane. Like it's, a, it's so hard to imagine or understand. Because first off, I've never seen Mount Everest in person. Yeah. But I know it's huge. Yeah. And then to imagine that flying through the air, headed toward <laughs> the earth. Yeah. And, um, and like, here's an even crazier thought. There are asteroids out there that are way bigger than that. There's some that are like the size of earth. Yeah. That's, uh, that's wow. Yeah. But, um, uh, you did point out after I watched that documentary, cause we had to kind of like, you watch it and then I watch it kind of thing, but you were telling me about a, what was it, an astrophysicist or some kind of scientist was saying that. The odds of another meteor like that hitting Earth was yeah. so astronomically small because everything in the universe is... The solar system has calmed down over time, right? As the longer we are through history, the more it's calmed, right? And and not only that, but obviously now we also have, like, satellites and they can observe and all that. So it's very unlikely something like that would happen again. Yeah, not like, I mean, if anyone's ever seen that recent movie come that's come out called Don't Look Up, it was a very interesting take on a meteor coming towards Earth and everything. I know you absolutely hated that movie, but I found it a very interesting mirror to look at and be like, yeah, yeah, we're fucked if uh, something like that happens. Yeah, it was just, I don't know, it was too close to... Too close to home or it just hit too realistically to you? Yeah, to how society has been in the last couple of years, but... Yeah. Um. Anyway, getting back to crabs... Okay, yes. So while we were there, we were looking at all these one, uh, all these aquatic creatures and all the, you know, the, the remains that they had were very well intact and everything. Yeah. But there were some parts that they had to, like, you know, do, Rebuild. like... Yeah, kind of, like, complete. It's like, oh, well, obviously, if this side's like this, then the other side should be a mirror image because most things are generally kind of symmetrical. Yeah. If not perfectly, but pretty close. Yeah. And, uh, anyways... Then came the conversation about how the remains of crabs have shown no change in hundreds of millions of years, apparently. Yes. And there's like this person, I can't remember what the person's name was. Uh, Jude. Jude, yes. They very were... lovely person, works at the museum. Shout out to them because they were very, 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 very... Informative. Yeah. Thanks, I couldn't think of the word, so I was going to just say very until I remembered. <laughs> <laughs> Five minutes later. <laughs> very, very, very. <laughs> Are you doing okay? Do I, have to, do I have to like you know like hit the thing to like reboot the computer? Reboot me. <laughs> the old. Uh, there we go. Reboot it. Okay. Um, very informative. Jude was anyway. Yes, and <coughs> I. The funny thing was is that um, Jude didn't know you had a phobia of crabs. Nope. And did not know that I am a Warhammer 40k fan. <laughs> so, of course, one, it was like you were creeped out by that little notion and everything, being told crabs are perfect. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Jude's words were, crabs are some of the most perfect specimens on Earth. Because they haven't had to adapt or change because of how their physiology is and the environment that they live in. They're perfect for it. And I was like, man, I don't know about that. Like... Shut the f or shut or shut the front door. Shut I think, the front door. I think it, that's one of the old sayings. Yeah, <laughs> it is. But yeah, I was just like, holy cow! Like I don't know about that. That seems a little. That seems a little far fetched. But then I realized you never doubt Jude, so they hey, must be right. And of course, when we 
when I saw Jude's name tag, I was like, hey, Jude, don't talk about crabs. <laughs> you... Just talk about fossils and make it better. <laughs> no, but that would have been awesome if you had done that. <laughs> I know, but I was like the whole, I didn't want to be rude, especially considering they were being very factual, very like enthusiastic about oh. it. It was like, I, I didn't want to be that guy i was sad when jude had to leave actually they got called away and i was like no nah, we was learning yeah we was doing that demarcation thing yeah but i know how much you're i could see your skin crawling at the talk about crabs and everything yeah. and then the whole talking about quote-unquote crabs being perfect or yeah yeah, yeah yeah and i was just like eh, excuse me good sir have you not heard of anything of the emperor of man and how it is our divine destiny to rule the stars good sir are you saying crabs are more perfect than mankind how dare you? <laughs> Anyways, I was wanted to go all that, but it was like, no, no, it's like, like he's being very informative, very honest and everything. And it was like the whole, I would be just be throwing in the nerddom of that. Like, it would be like very disrespectful to do that. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, there's two things where I was like, I wanted to go with and say, but I just didn't. Cause again, it's such a cool place and the people there are very informative and very friendly. Yeah. And if you guys notice that we use both the pronouns, they and him, it's because those were the pronouns on Jude's, uh, name tag. Yes. So. So. We are not being disrespectful by saying they or him because it was they on, him. On, on their name tag. Exactly. So. so. Okay. Um, okay. So. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was just doing that to move the conversation along. You're supposed to carry the podcast. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, my back's just a little sore from doing that all the time. Oh, here. <laughs> uh, back rub. Back rub. Okay. Um, yeah, so let's talk a little bit more about... Okay. So, you know the asteroid belt between Mars and... What is it? Jupiter? Or no, Saturn. I think it's Saturn, right? Um, Jupiter? I thought they said Jupiter. Okay, yeah, yeah. Between... Yeah, yeah, because it's Jupiter, Saturn. Yeah. Okay. So... The asteroid belt. I don't know that asteroid belt. I've never met it. You know of it? No, actually. Until they mentioned it, I didn't know there was one there. For don't, real? Don't, don't look at me like that. I'm old. Man, it's been a long time since I've been in school. But, but it's about space, and space is so cool. I know, but... It's full of things that, you know, literally look at us and go, <laughs> you're like a microscopic bacteria to us. <laughs> like, that's how big everything is out there. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so... But yes, I know now, after watching that, that there is a meteor or an asteroid belt. Yes. between uh, And it's a very long distance away, but the thing is, is that all of the rocks in there are orbiting around the sun, kind of in the same direction, in a very stable, controlled, like, lazy drift, essentially. I mean, at the incredible speeds it's traveling at, but still, for how big space is, it's considered a lazy drift around the sun. Right. All of kind of the leftovers and debris of like planet forming that's happened with that made our solar system. Mm -hmm. The fact that this rogue rock came out of nowhere and I think it hit the asteroid belt or it was the one that got through the Chicxulub. Yeah. And was on a collision course with Earth. Now, the other crazy thing is, is that it's a... Well, that's astronomical. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, like, the odds of this is so astronomical, because, like, you know, Earth is a big place, but in the scale of just our solar system, Earth is just a little itty-bitty rock floating around. Just the third rock from the sun, some would say. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Look at you go. 
And uh, so, yeah. And there was another little detail in the documentary where it was talking about that the moon has taken a lot of hits and stopped things from colliding yeah. into Earth. However, I'm just thinking with the speed and size of Chicxulub, I would wager, this is just an educated guess, that if it had hit the moon, it probably would have wrecked house and probably either A, made the moon go careening towards Earth or away from Earth, or maybe even faster around Earth kind of thing. And who knows what that would have done to tidal forces and because like the moon is what causes the tide to go in and come out. Or, right. Uh, come in and go out. Because it's a satellite, right? Yeah, and it has so much mass and it's at that perfect distance that it affects the ocean's tide and makes it rise and fall. But, you know, it's like, again, if it goes so fast, it's like, would it careen off or would it collide into Earth or whatever? It's like, there could have been a lot worse in, in that regards. Mm -hmm. Or who knows what would have happened, but it missed and hit Earth. Yeah. So in that aspect alone right there. Mm-hmm. So, kind of just in that regards there, it's like there's a couple of things that made it, the Chicxulub, so devastating just on a sheer... Luck almost scale. Yeah. It's if like, you, not luck for the dinosaurs. No, but there's a lot of things that played in where it's like, okay, so the fact that it got through the asteroid belt or however it did, like if it, if it didn't force another rock to fly towards Earth and it just went through... Or the fact that it missed the moon and the yeah. fact that it hit the earth on such a shallow angle. Maybe luck isn't the right word, but uh, it's almost like a death. I mean, some people don't believe in this. You can call me crazy. That's fine. I've been called it before. Um, it's almost like a. it was like destined to happen. Like everything just aligned so perfectly for it to hit that way. Yeah. Right. And stuff versus, like you said, the moon being in the way or whatever. Right. Yeah. There was a lot of factors that, you know, it's like. You can always look... I always view it as you can look at things in uh, one of two ways. Um, if it had been a little more one way, it would have been absolutely devastating and would have made uh, Earth a barren rock. Right. Or it could have gone more another way and it would have completely missed. The dinosaurs would still be around to this day. And who knows? We might be, you know, like mankind... We might be dino food. Yeah, exactly. Because we most certainly would not be the ones that are controlling the Earth that... <laughs> Well, I shouldn't say that, but I mean, we would not be it. the apex predator. No, if anything, it would definitely be a lot different of a world and society and everything if dinosaurs were still around and mankind still, you know, progressed and evolved and everything the way that we did and yada yada. And it's like, yeah. I can only imagine how much different it would be if like T-Rexes, Velociraptors, like all those Oof. carnivores had been around. And then even just like the herbivores with how destructive they could be because... They don't know. Like, well, we're sitting here in our apartment, and all of a sudden, a lo uh, are they called long necks? I just call them the long neck ones, because, yeah, it's like the... Uh, I feel like the name got changed at some point. They used to be called something, and it got changed. Well, I know a lot of people would usually, because they watch the Flintstones, call them, like, brontosauruses and stuff like that. Yeah. But just the point is, is that think of something that makes an elephant look small. Yeah. Just going around munching on trees and then it's like, oh, you know, it doesn't like, uh, you know, a farmer's field or, you know, it doesn't like what a village is doing and everything. And it just decides to mo uh, like run through because it just got, you know, it's angry. Like elephants do that in Africa to many of these small villages. And yeah. there's actually a really cool defense mechanism that they set up where they have beehives. And yeah. The bees actually scare off these elephants from running through the fields that they grow their crops and everything. But I can only imagine how big one of these long-necked dinosaurs 
It'd be like bees. I don't care about bees. My skin's so thick. My head's so far up and everything. I don't care. You know what's funny? What's that? I just realized the size of the apartment building we're in. Yeah. We wouldn't even see the long neck's face. We would literally see, like, see like it's like shoulder. <laughs> I was, yeah. If not, or, no, not even. I think it would be like somewhere to say like what would be considered the Adam's apple of uh, those kind of like the, you know, just like the, maybe the, like the, yeah. just below the jawline or, but maybe and definitely above the collar. Somewhere in that category. Is where we would see them. So we wouldn't even be able to see his cute little face. Yeah, until it gets angry and snarls at you and breaks through the window. Or just turns around and accidentally, like, whips its tail through the window and then is like, what, I'm a dinosaur, what do you expect? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I'm not built for grace and being, or grace being graceful and agile. I'm a big dinosaur kind of thing. Yeah. So. so. All right, well, any final thoughts you want to add? Um. To the... Chicxulub slash Royal Tyrell or Tyrell Museum slash I, okay, I really, fossils. I'm, I would like to retract my statement that I do believe you're right because it's, again, because it's got the two R's. Maybe it is Tyrell because I'm just, I'm just probably so used to just hearing people like, you know, somebody called Tyrell. Like that's a first name, but since yeah. it is a last name, two R's, maybe you're right and I'm wrong. I'm big enough to admit that it's like when I am wrong... I admit that because it's nobody's perfect. Like I said, I just legitimately have heard it pronounced either way. So I think it's just kind of like, it's like the Toronto, Toronto thing. Yeah. Right. You can always tell when someone's not from Canada because they pronounce it Toronto. Right. Yeah. Where anyone from Canada. We just call it Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. And then, of course, I've heard some joke names for it where they people, some people go, yeah, yeah, you're from Tirana. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, yeah, the name thing, and of course, like again with the Chicxulub. Yeah. Uh, I hope we are saying that correctly because we I hope tried so. to fact check that and text to speech and how to pronounce it on YouTube and everything. And as far as we know, we're saying it right, but we might just be a little off their pronunciation. But no disrespect, man. Yeah, absolutely. We're worried about disrespecting a freaking asteroid that hit 65 million years ago. Well, I was more. Um, I don't think the rock cares. I mean, it probably doesn't. <laughs> However, the people who live around the area, because there's a village that's of the same name. Yes. That it's named after because it's so close to this village, right? Where it actually hit. Yeah. Um, we would not want to disrespect them. Yes. So. If, Although, if it wasn't for that village, I can imagine they'd come up with some Latin name for dinosaur fucking killer you know kind of rock or whatever <laughs> and it's like but put that in latin so it sounds classy and sophisticated <laughs> yeah or spanish or or something italian yeah. or you know something because i mean dinosaur names like the tyrannosaurus rex is i think latin for king of the dinosaurs or ty like it's tyrant or whatever yeah something like that it's it's yeah I, like a lot of dinosaurs have latin names i forgot my latin <laughs> I, I thought you always said never read the latin yeah, you can sing it. I sang a Latin song once in school, but you never, you never, you don't say it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the one other thing I just wanted to mention about that is that the whole, um, that, it's kind of crazy to think, but that rock, that chance of hitting Earth and everything, so crazy, and yet, it's still never an impossibility. It's just one thing where it's like, I highly doubt Earth will ever experience that again, but I would never rule it out. 
And we've actually been watching a show as well called Young Sheldon, where he actually figured out a way to build a system to detect killer asteroids that would wipe out Earth like the dinosaurs had happened. And it was actually pretty cool to think of, like, you know, just not be paranoid about it, just be aware of it, because yeah. forces of that magnitude makes nuclear bombs look like firecrackers. Exactly. So Chicxulub would have been like, oh, you launched a nuke at me. You launched the Zarbamba, the biggest nuke ever built. Oh, that's cute. You singed my surface. Now die. Pretty much, right? Which is why um, I've heard that that actually wouldn't be the way they would deal with an asteroid if it was coming at Earth. They would actually, they're trying to come up with the technology and the ability to just, like, push it away. Yeah. To just be like, oh, hey, uh, no thank you. <laughs> As Elise Meyer would say, I don't receive this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, or it's just like the whole, uh, I, I just love that one saying you have where it's the whole, the, um, was it RuPaul's Drag Race where the one character was like, not today, Satan. Yeah. Not today. Where it's like the whole pushing it away, just not today, asteroid. Not today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, like there, it's one of those things where it's like, again, it, it kind of goes to show that there. Nate. Nature, like, it, it's very resilient. The fact that. You know, again, like when we were there at the Terrell Museum there, mm -hmm. that they were showing, I think, a total of three major extinction events that wiped out a very large majority of, like, species on Earth. Mm -hmm. But, again, living creatures and, you know, be it plants, bacteria, insects, mammals, lizards, whatever, none of, like, life forms don't want to stop living. Like, mm -hmm. it's like, kind of like a... You know, we go down swinging and kind of a, screw you, I will not die today. Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, like, again, like even with the death pose. Yeah. And and is space considered nature? Well, I mean, everything came from space in a way. I just, it's just I wanted to say, like, I don't, I guess space. Um, it's, it's also, like, it's just spectacular. Like, again, you know, to think how vast it is and, you know we've not even really scratched the surface of it and whatnot, but like the new telescope that was launched, oh. uh, the James Webb telescope. Yeah. James Webb's telescope, I think. And that's making the Hubble telescope. That was so great for like observing and looking at things at such great distances. And this thing's making it look like it's just a cheap $20 Walmart telescope. Well, I, Maybe not, but well, no. But I'm just saying, it's a so much more powerful. It's amazing. Telescope. Some of, if you get a chance to check out some of those images, because whoo. Yeah, and it just goes to show how much incredible, crazy stuff is out there in the universe, mm -hmm. and how all of the things that it's like. So even looking up in the sky, like you got that one app on your phone that's a really fun one. If oh, you ever Sky want. Map. Yeah, that's actually a really fun one for like looking up at space and everything. And uh, just hopefully whenever you use that one, you don't see a bright light uh, streak of light coming right towards you as you're looking up with your phone to see what the constellation is. Because you might want to run. Yeah. It might not be the one that ends <laughs> the earth kind of thing, but, you know, it's, you don't want to be too close to the vicinity of an impact site. Cause... Or maybe it'll be aliens. Yeah, but, you know. Like in The Sims. Yeah. I'm just thinking more along the lines of the whole, like, there's been a lot of, 
funny shows and stuff where it's like people are looking up at the sky and they're like, oh, look at that shooting star. Look at that one. And then all of a sudden it's like one gets really big and bright and it's like, it's coming right for us, run. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's, there's a lot of things to learn and enjoy about that kind of thing. Yeah. It's, you can be absolutely afraid of it or you can be awestruck and admiring it like I do. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up because, you know, again, we could talk a lot about the numbers and details about Chicxulub, but... That free documentary on YouTube yeah. talks about it. And there's probably tons of history books and all kinds of historians have talked about it because it's such a big deal because that's what essentially gave humanity the ability to... It gave us the leg up. If dinosaurs were around, we're screwed. Oh, absolutely. So... I couldn't imagine cavemen existing when, uh, you know, any carn carnivorous dinosaur was around would have been like oh cool look at that i'm just gonna leave you alone they're like no no you're you're a meal yeah you have like little fingernails you don't really have much in the way of sharp teeth and you don't have shells or anything on you you're just a fleshy meal that's you know just a little annoying yeah and that's that's another thing is for how um shitty it was for the dinosaurs it definitely almost had to happen that way in order for like humans and other other species of animals that are out there to kind of come forth and yeah whatnot. grow and develop yeah so all right, well, thank you very so much for joining us on this little journey of uh, Chicxulub uh, and, you know, kind of a little history of dinosaurs and stuff like yeah. that. Um, yeah, just be sure to check out uh, all kinds of stuff and also check out Black White Check. Yep. And just remember, no matter what your thing is, at the end of the day... We're all just a little nerdy. <laughs> Sorry, I messed that up. That's okay. Just remember, no matter what your thing is or what you're into... At the end of the day, we're all just a little nerdy. Thank you for the redo. <laughs>